This podcast was recorded and produced before the COVID-19 uncertainty, but we believe this is still a message we can apply to our current circumstances. Thanks for tuning in today. Enjoy. Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life, wondering if you could be more, see more, do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randolph. We're both authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should. With a whole lot of faith together, let's sort through the pain, purpose, and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do. Because there's so much more in you. Hey, hey welcome back. Welcome back. Today's episode, we're back and we're continuing the conversation of how you should be friends like Jesus part two, you guys, have you listened? Have you listened to last week's episode yet? If not flipping and reverse it, you should listen to that first. (laughs) That is a should we're embracing. We're picking up. Yeah, we're picking up. Totally do that. And um, if you already listened, we have a lot of questions for you. Like, did you put things into practice? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How'd it go? How'd it go? <laughs> Did you develop new habits of reaching out to your people? Did you make a new friend? Did you get rejected? Did you handle and survive <laughs> it? Jenny, your story of rejection makes me want to cry. <laughs> like I was like, how dare she? She doesn't know how great Jenny is. Come on. Oh, I survived it. Well, it's just and- more Jenny for me. More Jenny for me. <laughs> now I have more time for you. <laughs> so we want to continue the conversation because not only do we want to grow ourselves in relationships and help you as well, but we want to learn actually what did Jesus do? What was it yeah. like? Is he a friend? Do we call him friend? But first, Candace, let's share a couple more points on how we can develop friendships. Yeah, I feel like we were just scratching the surface of our house. You know, we were really honing in and telling people how to keep track and and not just keep yeah. track of when was the last time you talked to him, but when was the last time you prayed for him? Do, do you have their name on top of a list to pray for? Um, so I want to just dive into that list. Let's start here. Many of you probably were like, okay, I'm going to make a list. If you made a list, here's a problem you encountered. More than likely, you started forgetting people. Yeah. As, as the week went on, you were like, oh, I forgot them. And then you want to put them on the list. And you're like, and dang you're like, it. I love that person. I know. How I know. I forget them? And I met them two years ago on that cruise and it was so fun. And our families <laughs> got together one time later and I haven't talked to them. You know what I mean? It's like you just start thinking. So here's a practical what you can do to expand that list as you continue on journaling, because it's important, mm-hmm. right? People are important. This isn't just a list so that you can feel popular. It's a list so that you can connect. And so what I like to do is just get out my phone and I like to go through my contacts, name by name by name. And you'd be surprised the people that you all of a sudden remember that you were like, what in the world? And I got a, I got a confession. I have names in my phone that sometimes I'm like, I don't remember where I met them. Who is this person? Yes. And you're like, hold on. Wait a minute. Is this like a, is this like an insurance salesperson? And we had a conversation like that, or is this a real friend? And then you feel bad. And you're like, oh, wait, sorry. (laughs) We haven't been at that level. No. Here's the deal is this is why I feel like there needs to be a list to begin with is you need to be intentional about the contacts that are in your phone. 
So that you know people by name and by where you met them and who they are and that they become more than just a phone number, more than just a contact. And I think that that that's the baseline for do you really have friendship with someone or are they somebody that you've just gotten info from? And so I wanted us to capitalize that. If you felt that tug this week, and oh, this didn't go well and I'm just forgetting people left and right and I ran out of space, it's okay. Go ahead and start a new page and go through line by line with the people in your contact list that you do have connection with, that you do know that they're a friend and that you need to reconnect with. So that's an easy way to get your list started. So number one, make a list. Second thing, make a habit. Yeah. Okay. So I told you, go ahead and put in there the date in last episode. And then what did you talk about? What were some concerns? What are some bullet points that you can take from conversations? Well, I don't know if you do habit tracking, but I simply, mm-hmm. I, I, I discovered like freedom in being able to see what I do often and what I don't do enough, what I do less, what, you know what I mean? Like it, it gave me eyes to be able to be aware. So I track like how much water do I drink a day? Yeah. Oh. You're supposed to drink a ton, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. I don't. Um, I substitute it with coffee and Coke Zero. So there's, I didn't know how much until I started tracking that habit. That was a joyful discovery that I'm trying to rectify right now. But it's it's just simple eyes on that habit. So I want you to be eyes on the habit of your connection with your friends, not just what did they talk about, but like make a smaller chart, make a smaller little graph chart for um, maybe just go 10 days. If they're in your inner core, then that 10 days that then just kind of color in a box and say, I connected with them today. And then look at it visually in a small scale on a big wide space of a page so that you can get your eyes on holistically. How often am I making connections and how often am I isolated? So make your Mm -hmm. list and make a habit. Can I say, I have some friends that are really excellent at that. And when we moved, one of Mm -hmm. the biggest blessings in my life was when some of those friends would reach out and be like, I just want to see you and not, it was past a text. Like it was more than a text and we'd have video meetings. And I felt like (laughs) this is my home. Like I felt so secure in a new location where I could have felt all alone. I felt so known. And it was one of the most special. I I mean, I just cried after hanging out with those people. Like they care about me. So it goes a long way developing these habits and reaching out to the people that could be in a lonely spot. And even just the nor the nor the people that seem quote unquote in a normal spot too. Oh yeah. And you know what? You're you're leading beautifully into the third point. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. I didn't even Perfect. know that you knew that. I mean like but serious. <laughs> oh, so you make your list, you make a habit, but then the third thing is where it gets real. Make time. Mm-hmm. So this is this is something for me, I'm just gonna be honest, it's hard. It's hard. And I know we're all busy, right? I even just had this conversation last night with my husband. I was like, listen, we just recorded an episode about friendship and I feel so disconnected and isolated from certain friends. And he's like, well, why aren't you making time for him? And I go, shut yeah. your mouth, shut your Gosh, mouth, Chris. <laughs> just shut it down. You're not supposed to be wise. You're supposed to listen, Shh. you know? And he was like, no, I'm serious. Like, we don't need you that much. And I was like, ow, <laughs> okay, well, uh, yeah, you do. And he was like, no, not if it's this Candace that we get, the one that's isolated and disconnected and and feeling alone. He's like, we don't need that. He said, we need you to be connected. He was like, so what time do you need to make? And I was like, well, I don't even know if they have the availability. And he goes, did you ask them? And I was like, well, if they do, then I've got this. And he goes, 
Yeah, but you can make 30 minutes over the computer for anybody when they ask yeah. for a meeting. Why can't you do that with somebody that you need to connect with? Okay, yeah. stop convicting me. Stop it. <laughs> you know? Well, it's a how quickly do we make excuses too? Oh, like so even fast. that example. Yeah. So fast. Well, and I don't want to burden them and exactly. maybe they don't have time. Like, let's let them mm. decide if they have time or can make the time. Well, and then I was like, and it takes 20 minutes to drive there. And so then I spend an hour there and we just, we say it's an hour, it'll be two. And then I'll have to do 30 minutes back home because it'll be traffic that time of day. And then I've wasted four hours of my day. He goes, okay, so you do video conferences all the time. So protect your hour. Yeah. I was like, shh, you're not supposed to be smart in this moment. You're (laughs) supposed to be supportive of me not making it happen. (laughs) (laughs) Or even in the car ride, I started calling people that I wanted to connect with too. So it's like two birds, one stone, you know, like you go hang out with somebody and then in the long drive back, you're catching up with the other people that you normally don't have the space for. Absolutely. But you should. Absolutely. And listen, y'all, we feel as listeners, you may think right now, oh, this is a different kind of topical than what they usually do. They're not really diving in here. They're giving me how to's. We feel so passionate about the benefit of friendship that we wanted to give you practicality in this. And we wanted to make it two parts. So when we're saying make a list, make a habit, make time, I want you to take that seriously this week. Because if you do make time, there's a couple of ways that you can do this. I like rhyming things. So for me, I think when I make time, I'm going to do one of two things, small breaks or memory mix. So a small break would be a coffee date, a computer, mm. FaceTime, something where I can just put my face and my eyes on you and make connection and listen. And you hear me as well. You know, just that's a small break. It doesn't take yeah. much. Sometimes it's a movie you know, as moms, we don't need to talk. We've already been talking and gabbing through text all week. We've already been complaining to each other. We've already <laughs> hashed all of our things out. And we just need to go enjoy a movie together and get popcorn and candy and laugh. And you know what I mean? Or be scared yeah. together and go, <laughs> you know, and joke about something. I mean, I'm just, not going to a scary movie with you. <laughs> I, mine are thrillers. I do like when you're like, oh, who yeah. done it? So I love those. Yeah. M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> oh, I do love M. Night Shyamalan. But I tell you this. <laughs> um, <laughs> you just said M. Night Shyamalan. I'm saying I love his movies. Wait, it's, wait, how do you say his last name? Shyamalan. Isn't it Shyamalan? Is it Shyamalan or Shyamalan? I've never. I, I mean, oh. you know how I speak. People make fun of me all the time. Oh. But I really thought it was Shyamalan. I think we may need Google Translate to help us out. <laughs> Guys, this is an important discussion right now. <laughs> How do you say M. Knight's How name? You just say, say M. Knight. That's what it is. You just say. I got it. Just, hopefully okay. the viewers, can, the listeners, hopefully the listeners can hear this. Let's hear it. Prepare your hearts. Shyamalan. Whoa. Oh, that was so sassy. M. Knight Shyamalan. <laughs> M. Knight Shyamalan. <laughs> We need to have her start saying random stuff, please. Throughout the show, can we do that? <laughs> Say it one more time. I can't handle it. Do it again. Do it again. Okay. Okay. M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. I've been mispronouncing it forever. Shyamalan. Well, now it doesn't sound as. It just sounds less flowery. Shyamalan. Well, I we love, love his movie. We'll see his movies together. All day long. We'll make All that day long. Listen, that's a small break. That's a small break is when you get together <laughs> with your friend and you go enjoy that. 
But memory makes are just as important for making time. And here's how you do a memory make. For example, I have a girls weekend coming up in three weekends. We're actually oh, yeah, with your sister. Oh, my sister and my yeah, and and some yeah. It's gonna be so good. And Amazing. so what we're excited about is that we're investing time in each other. We're investing time in travel. We're investing money in getting an Airbnb. You know what I mean? We're contributing to that. And here's the deal: that costs you something when you do a memory make. It does. Mm, I'm not yeah. naive to that. So that you can't do memory makes all month long. All right. month long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I know it's not the words, but I wanted to change it. <laughs> but I feel like memory makes are so vital to friendships because when it gets really, really rough, and you know what I'm talking about, when you're walking through something, and I'm saying something that like tests your friendship. Mm. It's really great to have those moments where you can go back and be like, man, you remember when we were so close and we did this and and what we shared in those moments. Memory makes don't have to spend exuberant amount of cash or you know what I mean like that. Like it's just the intentionality of a longer period of time. And when I say that, at least a day, if not two. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I feel like we don't make enough memories with our friends. I love this because I was talking with hot surfer husband, Matt. Ooh. My husband. Ooh. And um, I'm like, what do you like to do with your friends? Because I could just go to coffee all day long and talk about things mm. for 700 hours. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, whenever I hang out with dudes, which is all my <laughs> friends, I like to make memories, he said. And he's like, if it's we're good. not doing an activity, then it's just so weird. For him, this is what he feels like. And I don't know if this is a dude thing or just a personality thing. Oh, But to be intentional, to get out of the routine, to get out of the box of like, let's just sit and stare at each other, but to actually make a memory. (laughs) I'm out on that. Shoot, no way. (laughs) This is where the jokes come in, right? Like, remember how many jokes we got from just traveling to Kenya? Like so many fun moments and things you reference, like you're saying, when the time gets tough. Yeah. Or when you want to like recap, oh, remember when we did this? It, that's building <laughs> the relationship. What are you laughing at? I'm just remembering we shared a room in Kenya, by the way. We F- shared a room. FYI. And in the middle of the night, I woke oh, up. No, you're not. Don't. Let me set the stage. Okay. You're not going to bulldoze on in with this story without me setting the stage. Uh, uh, a, I wasn't going for that story. I was going to talk about how Ooh. I woke myself up. But no, go ahead and tell <laughs> us tell us all what you think that I was going to say because you outed yourself. Go for it. Go for it. I bet everyone's on the edge of the seats. It's not that exciting. Okay. So I woke up the middle of the night, four in the morning-ish pitch black outside I gotta use the restroom right and now the day before a woman that's a missionary there on the grounds was like just so you know if you touch this caterpillar it's poisonous so she's teaching (laughs) us and she's like everything she so basically the new rule that she taught us was don't touch anything it's going to be poisonous right so I translate that to if you touch anything you're going to die right so I go to use the restroom Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can still see it staring at me. There was a frog. I'm asleep while this is happening. Mm -hmm. Frog Mm -hmm. on the ground. And we know, for those of you that follow me me on Instagram, you know how I feel about lizards. (laughs) I've finally adapted where it's okay. Um, But potentially poisonous frogs are not my friends. So (sighs) we had a rich history at this point and I had to awaken Candace from a slumber. 
And yeah. I knew she was braver than me in this area. Yeah. How did you wake me up? How, how did that happen? Kenneth, Kenneth, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I tried. He's moving. There's a frog. There's a frog. And um, I'm like half yeah. asleep. There's what? There's what? A frog. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm like half asleep, you know, t-shirt and panties walking around this little hut going, what are we doing? And then I'm like, well, let's capture it. And, and, and I'm like, how about you capture it? And you're like, well, where is it? And she, you're like, it's right by the door, right by the door, right when you open it. So I open it and it's not there. So now the fear grips both of us. Like we lost the poison. <laughs> if it's poisonous, he's going to jump our bed and we're all going to die. <laughs> and she goes, well, maybe it went home. <laughs> and I was like, that's not how this works. It's hiding from us. It's not how this works at all. He's not like, oh, they're scared of me. Bye. Hello. Yeah. So then you get this massive container. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first I get it with the plunger. I put the plunger oh, over yeah. it because it it, yeah. it was Wisdom. it was burrowed back in the corner behind the toilet in a very hard place to get it. And so I just yeah. grabbed the plunger, put the plunger right on top of it and dragged the plunger across the floor. And I'm, I look at Jenny and go, hold this. <laughs> She goes, oh, you are much braver than I. Look at that. You've got that. <laughs> so we have the lights on at this point because it's dark outside. It's yes. pitch black outside. Yes. We have the lights on. We're like half asleep and you do a switch. You have to do a switch where the we got to get the frog yes. in this jar yes. that you're holding. Oh, it was like the perfect moment. So it's it's being held very quickly by a, a plunger but yet you've got to do the quick exchange you got to put the jar over it right <laughs> omg right when we did that literally i lift the plunger <laughs> put the other jar down and at that very moment lights out lights out complete electric failure we have no electricity we scream. and i go jenny get a flashlight get a flashlight right now i don't know if it's on me and i'm thinking she's told me it's poison i'm half asleep i believe her i only have panties on right now it's gonna crawl You're up my leg attacked. i'm gonna get yeah. that i'm dead i'm it's dead poison this is my frog dad. all over your body so i run <laughs> as fast as i can in the pitch black i cannot oh see a thing run directly into my bunk bed <laughs> Directly into it. So I'm screaming. And you hear. I'm like, oh, oh man. Running so back. I got with, my phone light. Found the light. Found the light. Got it. Found it. And wouldn't you believe that thing was perfectly in the center? Like it, center. I was holding it down. It we was, had a worship moment there. Oh, praising the good Lord of all. We just revival broke out. Did it? Did it? I felt good about it though. Well, and then and then it was just like, well, what are we gonna do with it? And I was like, put some books on top of that thing. We ain't moving it. <laughs> we tapped out hard. <laughs> I was like, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> yeah, we went back to bed, and then hours later, um, one of the leaders from Open Arms just so casually flicked the frog outside and saved the day. Yeah, yeah, like it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> yeah, not a big deal. She's like, it's. I don't know if it's poisonous. I'm like, but remember yesterday, everything was poisonous. So yeah, well, that's a memory history. make. That's We're a memory make. History. We will never forget. Never forget. <laughs> no, I was thinking of real quick, just that morning that I woke up. It was like 2 a.m. Actually, it wasn't even morning. Yeah. We just gotten to sleep and I just woke up giggling. Now, listen, y'all like, oh, that's not a far stretch for Candace. <laughs> but no, I really don't do that often. But I woke up in a giggle fit. It's like it was halfway in my dream, but halfway a memory and halfway like, oh, God, I never thought this was funny today. But all of a sudden it got funnier. And so Jenny is half asleep and she's like, what? What's so funny? 
And all I did was like mention one thing. And I was like, remember when this happened today? And you go, (laughs) (laughs) we lost it. It was like, okay, good night. I mean, like it wasn't even like we acknowledged it much further than that. But that's the thing that I'm like memory made right there. It was just the smallest, but it was a memory made. You know, in friendships, I feel like sometimes we're so in the middle of life and all the things that we're trying to do to better ourselves, better our family, you know, I mean, just catch up half the time. That's why it's so important to make make your list, make your habits, make time. Um, and then if we're going to jump straight and hard into this last thing, I feel like I'd be amiss if I didn't share this with you. Like out of all things I'm learning, and once again, I'm saying that not that I have learned, that I'm learning about being a better friend is this, be a better listener. Be a better listener. So um, to stay true to Dr. Caroline Leaf that we mentioned in our last episode, there's mm, one more friend. thing that she posted. So once again, she is our best friend. She's um, our pre-best friend. She doesn't know She it doesn't yet. know it. <laughs> she just casually posted six tips to becoming a better listener. <clears throat> I've jotted these down. These are something that I've just, I go back to in my list making. Because here's the deal. I could easily just make a list of people and prayers and names and times and dates But I also want to list out things that are going to make me better as well or make me more intentional. And so I want to share that with you. So on a scale from one to 10, one being the very least, like I'm horrible at this, or 10 being I've mastered it. I could train people. I could write books on it. I'm amazing. Okay. Give us a number for each of these six, six tips. Number one, look for hints that a person wants to talk and signal your willingness to listen. Um, so does that mean I have to create space for them to talk or I notice their body language? It's notice. So look for hints that they, that they want to talk. I think a lot of bad listeners, like people that aren't good at listening, don't even see that somebody's trying to tell them something. Mm -hmm. I think I'm an eight on that. I do too. I do too. I would say that. I would say you're being generous. I'd say you're probably like a 10. You're really good at that. I'm going to claim six, six. I'm getting better. But <laughs> it's pretty funny because we, for those of you that don't know, we record the podcast where we can see each other on video yeah. and we'll be talking some moments and we'll each be like, like sometimes I'm like, hey, hey, hi. And Candace will be like, like th- pointing to me when it's my turn. And like, so I think, I think it's improved our communication, oh, yeah. doing different things with our body language. Well, I could bulldoze a conversation because wow. that's the kind of environment I grew up in. Mm. literally we were a family of six around a dinner table. And I remember feeling like if I'm not loud and if I don't interject and if I don't interrupt, I'm not going to be heard. Mm. And so it created this responsive listening to where I didn't listen. I just got to get my point in. And so it's been something that I've had to overcome. So that's the first one. Just kind of gauge. Yeah. My, my friend had a similar upbringing and shout out if you're listening, she actually had I'm not going to say her name, but it was named after her. So say her name's Marsha. Marsha talk time every day in the family. Oh, wow. So during dinner, she would get the floor for five minutes where she could just talk because she she never, her voice was never heard and she would never jump in. Wow. And it was interesting years later being her friend, we'd be like, do you need Marsha talk time? Like it, it became wow. a joke, but like it was foundational in her blossoming into like hearing her voice, like stepping into her voice. Did her parents facilitate that? Uh, I think I think it was through counseling. Wow. 
Yeah. That's phenomenal because I'm just thinking, man, if my parents would have done that, <laughs> that would have right. been awesome. You would have felt heard and yeah. not forced forced yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating, huh? Oh, that's it's highly fascinating. That's an incredible tip. Add that. Okay, All right. so body language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look for those signals and um and then signal back to them your willingness to listen. Like lean in. It's okay. Uh, number two, let the other person explain what is on their mind, then acknowledge the reality of their feelings. Oh my god. One to gosh. ten. One to ten. Oh, I'm like a three. My brain is like spinning 700 miles a minute where I'm like, I hear what you're saying. And I'm like, but can we also do this, this, and this, and this, and this? Oh, I, you're I don't fixer. Think I'm good at that. Fixer. You want to fix it for him. I, I just think there's so much I need to unload off my brain that I'm like, I heard mm. you. What do you think about? I don't know. <laughs> One is of your favorite phrases is heard about it. <laughs> yeah. Heard about it. Heard about Moving it. On. Move it. Move along. Move along. Heard about it. I don't have it. any solutions, but can we talk about this now? Right, right. Oh, I don't I, know. I feel like explanation murders my soul. <laughs> I would say I'm a one. I'm a, I think you're good at this. Oh, no. Because I here's here's OK. Here's the deception about this. You think I'm good because I can I can kind of verbalize back to you what you've just said in an explanation. Yeah. I can sum it up. But I, what I want while I'm listening is for you to sum it up, like shut down every detail just get to the heart of what you're feeling. So if I actually had to be like a counselor and listen, I would be so annoyed because I'd be like, this isn't your problem. Get to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> or yeah. or I'm sorry you feel like that, but that's not what's making you feel like that. You don't even know. Mm, get to it. Yeah. Jump, jump, jump. And so listening to long explanations, actually, I, it feels like labor to me. It feels like I've really got to be intentional to understand why somebody's explaining it in the depth that they're explaining it. And to acknowledge their feelings. Like, I want to jump so fast to, okay, I know you feel like that, but have you tried this? You know what I mean? Like, I'm solution-oriented. And yeah. and so for me, explanation and acknowledging of feelings is not, mm, it's something I'm developing. I have to. I'm not yeah. good at it. And we hope, too, as we're overanalyzing how we're responding to these better listening tips, that you guys are analyzing where you are in it, too, and how you can grow yes. in this process. Yes. Okay. So for me, I'd say maybe maybe two. Maybe two, because okay. I've done some growth. Yeah. All right. Here's the third one. Encourage the person to elaborate by asking open-ended questions. Oh, I feel like I got this down. One to ten? I think, I think I'm good at this. I, I would say an eight nine ten yeah i would mm, get bump that up yeah oh for me yeah you are oh yeah. thank you yeah open-ended questions girl this I've is learned why it from my mom i learned it from my Aww. mom she's really really Aww. she's a really good listener and question asker okay okay well i'm grateful for examples of good listening and good question taking unfortunately when you're trying to always be heard sometimes you don't think of those examples until after you've walked through a season of needing mm -hmm. to develop those skills. You know what I mean? So for mm -hmm. those of you that you feel like, I don't even think about this, make your list. We're giving you all six tips right now. For me, yeah. um, one to 10 on this one, uh, da, 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 I'm going to say four. I'm going to say four. Okay. Yeah. So if we're averaging them together, I'm a horrible listener. Let's go on. <laughs> point, point number four. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Them's jokes. Show your attentiveness through your body language. <laughs> one to 10. I don't know, maybe a five. 
I have to like write on notes when I'm giving presentations or speaking like smile. Like I just think I'm so stuck in my brain that my body language doesn't always catch on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think maybe I'm a seven on this one, maybe seven or eight. I think that my body language, I lean into people. I get Mm -hmm. the serious face. I get Cro-Magnum eyebrows. Like they get really, really exaggerated. And, Mm -hmm. um, And not only that, like if you're really talking and it's a serious topic, I've been known to shut down what you're saying and come over and like hug in the middle of a conversation. Like I'm that invested in body language. Like I heard what you just said. Hold up. Let me acknowledge that through how I'm going to respond. And -hmm. sometimes like I just remember the greatest feeling that I got was when somebody I was saying something hard. I don't want to divulge what it is, so it's going to be cryptic here. But I was saying something hard, and the person next to me just put their hand on my knee and looked in my eyes, and and that's all it took. I felt like I had been seen and heard. And so I feel like body language is huge, and just be aware. That's a good tip for being a good listener is be aware of how you're responding and the things that you're doing. Are you on your phone? (laughs) oh gosh i saw late that phone are you checked out are you looking at something else in the room i mean your body language says a lot about your listening eye contact let's talk about eye contact real quick let's do it pivotal in helping people feel known Uh, i don't know if you've ever hung out with somebody and they're acting squirrelier in their eyes yeah like looking every which way but cannot look in your eyes there's been moments where i've felt like god is like like stare at their eyes like so we had a moment in Kenya. Mm. Do you remember this? When mm. we got invited to minister at this place and serve, and we both walked away feeling like God said, look in their eyes. Do you remember what I'm talking about? I do. And we yeah. were we were on different sides of the uh, area, too. We can't divulge where yeah. it was because of the safety of who we were involved with. So that's why we're being yeah. cryptic on this as well. But we were with vulnerable people, and we mm-hmm. were giving them charity by an actual physical thing that we were putting in their hand. And um, while we were doing that, we were looking in their eyes. I mean, or they were looking down out of shame because of who they were and choices that they'd made. But I felt like the Holy Spirit had told me, if at all possible, you bend down low and you look underneath them to get contact with their eyes. Yeah. And so... I felt that too. And it was when we were serving alongside Open Arms International, we went off site to serve mm. a different at a different location. And I, I walked away yeah. almost in tears. Like they would not look me in the eyes, but I tried my hardest because I felt like it was a way to show them one, I see you two, it's okay. And, and three, it, this is, there's safety here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Eye and, contact is major in not just being a good listener, but letting somebody be heard. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I'm remembering that moment about to get emotional. Okay. I know. Me too. I have to compartmentalize. What's I next? I know. Tip number five. <laughs> Tip number five. Paraphrase what someone said to show that you've understood their point. One to ten. Ooh. One to ten. <laughs> have you ever been like, so what I hear you saying is blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, that's literally not what I'm saying. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> maybe I'm a six. I'm not sure. I'm, I rarely claim ten, but I think I'm a ten on this one. You are very good. You are very good at this. So yeah. I, I, I like I said earlier, it, it could be in my downfall though too. Is I want to summarize everything, like sum it up. You know what I mean. So I love <laughs> wrap it wrap up. Wrap it up. <laughs> I do love um, summarizing what I think that you've just said, so that I know that I'm hearing it correctly. 
I don't know if that speaks to me being a good listener or it speaks to my desire to actually want to get to authentic truth. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to be like, what? what's the issue? What's the main issue? I think it's both. Yeah. I think there's I a that. lot of both. But, um, yeah. Paraphrase what someone said. What do you, what do you, did you say a number? I don't think you said a number. I think I said six. Six. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. just really made it up because oh. I, I'm looking at the run sheet that says six tips. And I'm like, oh, six looks good. <laughs> I really don't know. I'm well, speaking sure. of six tips, the last one, the sixth one is simply this. And I like it. Ask questions. But, and the, the but's big here. Ask questions, but don't rush to fix things. Mm. <laughs> yeah. If you're a listener and you're you're trying to become a better listener, you do want to ask questions, but you don't want to rush to fix it. Oh, I think I'm a great question asker. Mm. I'm always trying to figure out solutions or why, like, especially when people have like experiences with God and they're telling me their experience. I'm like, but why? Like, why do you think God did that? Or Mm. why do you think that happened? Or what do you think? Like, one of my favorite questions is, what do you think God is doing? And I love Hmm, figuring out that why. But yeah, no, I love asking questions. Did I already say my number? I don't know if I'm good at shutting off my mind and overanalyzing, like, what's next? Mm. I think that's a creative side of me is always, like, moving things forward, maybe. I don't know. But I would say in relationship, asking questions Mm. with my kids, I think I love, I love, oh, gosh, I love hearing about their day. I would say an eight. An eight? Yeah. Yeah. I would say <clears throat> I'm probably somewhere between five and, and nine, depending on the day. <laughs> True. I think yeah. I think sometimes I'm I'm halfway good at it and sometimes I'm I'm way good at it. But I I do like to rush to fix things. And I think it's because I value solutions over people sometimes. Oh, and that really hurts to say it out loud, <sighs> but it's it's true. I'd much rather have this problem be solved and be done and off my plate than for me to have to invest in the messy with you and not rush to fix it. And um, <laughs> and I just I'm laughing because it's true. I mean, it's like a yeah. leadership quality of like let's figure out a solution and yeah. strategize on me. Yeah, yeah. And, and being a leader, you want to do that. You feel like if we're not right. solving this, we're not moving forward, and that's not the case with listening. Sometimes you can't solve. Sometimes you have to just sit. And uh, especially with kids, like you mentioned your kids, like I'm just telling you, we are moving in a different direction with the way that we need to listen to our children. We're going into preteen valley, you know, teenagers all up in my house right now. And I was just talking to my husband last night. We've we've moved from telling our kids what we should and shouldn't do all the time. Clean your clean your room, make your bed, brush your teeth. Did you pack your lunch? Okay. Whose laundry day is it? Okay. Now, can somebody come in here and help me empty the dishes? I mean, it's just those things where you're wanting to make them respectful and give them chores and, and give them opportunity to learn how to be a great person. Like, be a good human being for the person that you marry or that you end up with in, <laughs> in cohabitating with, you know? Right. Um, be responsible. Absolutely. Yeah. Be a good student. I mean, your best job is what you do at school and how you pour right. into that. But now, yeah, well, you're teaching them to develop fruit in their lives. Yes, yeah. yes. But there there does become a shift where that's not your primary um, connection with your kids. And we're about to walk into that where we're discovering uh, it's a hard discovery. They just want to be heard. Mm, they just yeah. want to be heard. They've got so many questions that they won't ask because they're afraid that it's going to be followed up by a chore. Mm. And they've got so many things that they're curious about, but they're afraid to ask because they feel the shame of my parents are going to think that I'm awful for even thinking that. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like this, it's yeah. just how do we become better listeners of our kids? And I'm so glad we're talking about that because 
we had an opportunity to sit down with our stories from the village and actually hear from somebody that gives us some incredible tips on listening and teenagers and what that looks like. Stories from the village. Joining us today, we've got Solomon and Sarah, and they are parents in the village at Open Arms. And listen, y'all, we just wanted to have a heart-to-heart conversation about parenting because it doesn't matter what part of the world you're in, kids are kids, and they all are growing up, and we're all trying to figure out that struggle bus of how to how to drive it and make sure that they're taken care of and doing well. I have to know because... It's coming oh too soon for me in my home. And Jenny, how old are your kids? They're eight and six. So I have a while till the teenage years, which I know you guys have experience with. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I have a 10 and nearly 11 year old uh, in my house. And so I know, have y'all had teenagers in your home at Open Arms before? Yeah, I have teenagers in my house and um, from a four year old all the way to a 25-year-old. And how many kids are in your house right now? I have 22 in my house. 22. So we're we're struggling with our two. <laughs> so you guys are definitely our next season friends. If you're going to tell um, any moms or dads in America or around the world, what do you tell your teenager to keep them on track and inspire them? Opportunities are out there for all of us, whether you're in Africa, whether you're in the U.S. or the U.K. What matters is how do you approach your um, opportunities that come across, come your way. So now that they have an opportunity here at the village, they have an opportunity to go to school, get the best education, they can sleep without worries and all that. It is how best you utilize that opportunity. Well, I feel like I've been preached to just now. I got to go find some opportunities I'm missing. No, we got to step it up. Sarah, can you tell us how long have you and Solomon been married? We have married for 15 years now. Woo! Okay. Sarah, what would you say has been the biggest challenge with any of your children that you've had in your home? And what changed in your mind to give you hope? Actually, the first time was hard for me because I didn't know them and I learned new things every day because I listen to them. I give them time to explain what they want to me and also I give them time to have fun with me like a mom. The biggest thing I was hearing was I give them time. I'm managing two little ones with their schedules and here you are with 22 and you still find a way to give them time. What kind of activities do you guys like to do together? We have kids, uh, depending on what they went through during their uh, younger days. Uh, We have kids who want to stay away from from you. As much as you want to draw closer, they want to also get far away from you but those who want to be far away you also need to create a one-on-one time for them to just understand why they want to keep away from you is it reminding them of anything that they went through in their past uh, so that at least you get to understand them and then you win them over now they can be free they can share their story with you they can share their lives with you they can trust you with their 
problems. They can trust you, their secrets, if any. So that is what we normally do. And then um, I show them that we are in this together. So I'm here for you. You have, you have a shoulder to lean on. So you can tell me your problems. You can go through it together. Uh, unlike before when you went through them all alone. So you have someone you can share your problems with. So we also have fun, when, uh, especially over the holidays and uh, the weekends. But also in the evenings when they come, we do their homework together. But when they come home and uh, you feel they're struggling, you also need to sit with them down and uh, explain. And that way they end up loving schoolwork and all that. Wow. You know, I just want to highlight our takeaways. When opportunity knocks, that we need to inspire our children to answer answer and to make the most on every opportunity that God gives them. Oh, and then also this, this idea of just making space and time to listen to your children and to be patient with them as they speak. And then also Solomon, your wisdom and just letting us know that you've got to share the joyful moments with your children as well. And, uh, and to make the other moments that aren't so joyful, joyful, yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I just, I feel like I have eons to learn and, and more conversation that we, we could talk all day, but unfortunately we don't have time for that. Thank you so much. Asante Sana. Gosh, I loved, I loved getting to know Solomon and Sarah mm-hmm. and just hearing their wisdom. And when we're talking about, I mean, their parenting advice, like take notes, you guys, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. are a wealth of knowledge. And I'm just like peer to peer. I'm thankful. I'm thankful we got to sit with them and learn from them and be in the same location as them. And when you're thinking about listening and how to be a good friend and how does that translate to our parenting? I mean, Candace mentioned having preteens and having to listen to them in a different way. And I, mm. I just was laughing because I remember my kids as preschoolers and I don't know what stage of life you guys are in, uh, <laughs> if you have kids or not. Yeah. Um, if they're preschool aged or 20 year old, I don't know what stage of life you're in, but I think the moral of the story is that people are going to be asking questions, right? Whether it's a friend, whether it's a preschool age kids always asking, why does this happen this way? Why does it work? Things work this way. Why is the sky blue? Why? Why? We can, why? 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 And we can easily be like, Google it. Like, <laughs> dismiss the questions. And I know there's Google a time. It. I know there's a time and a place. Heard about it. I know there's a time and a place, right? But yeah. if we're not acknowledging their voice, if we're not eye contact, if we're always distracted looking at our phones, if we're not fully engaging, and I'm not saying it's every second of our lives, if we're missing out on the moments that are presented before us because we're distracted by our phone, we're distracted Mm. by our thoughts, we're really missing out on a valuable opportunity of developing relationship. Man, yeah. Stories from the village get me every time, Jenny. Every time. So one thing I love that my pastor says often is that our horizontal relationships, which mean like people that are across from you, people that you see, they're directly impacted by the vertical relationship. So what that means is like our relationship with God directly mm-hmm. impacts the relationships we have here on earth. Yeah, that's a that's a big time like pastor thing. I've heard that. That's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want I didn't want the listeners thinking I invented that. So disclaimer. <laughs> 
I'm not that smart. Our listeners heard about it. <laughs> heard about it, Jenny. It's not Josie Orbatzer. Okay, guys. So my question we have in this section of He Said What is we want to talk about what who Jesus was mm. and how he befriended people. What did that look like? And the other question I have is, do we think of Jesus as friend? And what is that like? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, one thing that I know is that he's very much so interested in our friendships. He's yeah. interested in the way that we relate to one another. You know, unity is, is something that's on God's heart. And if you don't know it, then read John 17. It's, it's a glimpse into a prayer that he said before going to the cross for all of us. And the coolest thing about that prayer is that he didn't just pray for the people that were physically with him. He prayed for us, like followers and believers and people that would exist in future moments and, and in past moments. Like he literally is saying, um, all humanity, this is what I want for them. I want them to be one as you and I are one, as he's talking to God. And so yeah. unity is huge to him. Friendship is huge. It, yeah. It's a big marker. I'm like crying in my eyes fakely like i'm just like wow what? that's it well, well hold on that's really weird i don't know i what i'm i was trying to be a better listener and then you threw me off i'm like you're doing what i'm crying i'm fake crying it hugely fakely it's just not here but it's here and it's not and i'm using crying eyes to segue <laughs> into the next thought <laughs> literally gonna pee my pants right don't like, do it don't yeah. do it don't pee don't pee <laughs> Or are you going to pee your pants fakely? I don't know. I don't know. But go for it. I mean, there might be a frog in the bathroom. I can't. Okay. No. What I'm trying. What I wanted to say is, you guys, I'm on the edge of my seats for you because oh, yeah. our episode 13 is about equalizing, and we bring this guest in that is Ooh, like it, like not just ready. the way, just the way this season has been orchestrated. Like I'm fake crying in my eyes right now because what. We're setting a foundation for a friendship, and then next week we're just gonna. It it blows make the box you up. fake cry in your eyes. Yeah, it blows the box up next week. So it's beautiful what God is doing. It, it, That's what I'm trying to say. We're we're encountering in this moment a Jehovah sneaky kind of thing that's happening with the heart of God and how He cares for us. And, and how we should care for one another. You know, Jenny and I come up with topics and we just feel like, hey, we're going to pray about what what is important with a should that we should shut up or what's something that we've been told in church all of our lives that we're like, you know, maybe this isn't working and why, yeah. you know? And for us, what we feel is a tension point And then we are like, God, we're going to pray into that. Is that something we need to bring to our listeners? And I started feeling a tension point in isolation. Have you ever heard yeah. it's lonely at the top? Yeah. And here I am going, God, how do I maintain friendships and real authentic relationships in this really weird season that I'm in? And people that I've known for years look at me different now. <laughs> that's, right. that's bizarre. And so we right. like they don't know how to approach you or they don't know if they should approach you. Or they're like, you're so busy. a relationship with you. And yeah, yeah they yeah. assume a lot of things. Yeah. They assume things about me like you're, you don't have time for that. And I'm like, right. I would have gone to see that movie with you if you would just asked. And then I thought, well, right. what am I doing to be intentional? So then we're like, man, I think maybe our, our listeners are going through this too. So we start thinking and fleshing out these topics. And then we're also like next week's episode, y'all. What we see when I say Jehovah sneaky, like here we are, we're just thinking, oh, this would be a great topic. And yeah, I'm hearing God on this. Let's bring this to them. But when we're looking at the order of what you're listening to between last week, 
this week and what you're going to encounter next week that we've already recorded so we know it. <laughs> it's not like, mm-hmm. oh, I we're know. dreaming up a great show. <laughs> we got That's a lot of confidence in it. <laughs> Yeah. hoping it. for the best no we've actually <laughs> recorded it and we um, jumped on here and so we're going backwards y'all right. it, you don't even know how powerful this message is and how confident we can say that we trust that it's from god because yeah. we're sitting here going we couldn't have orchestrated it we couldn't have yeah. made this topic highlight any more beautifully i have such an anticipation for the listeners when these shows are released that oh, they're yeah. they're going to yeah First of all, find freedom in the fact that, okay, I I can come out of isolation to be intentional to develop relationship. Yes. I can be proactive in relationship. And not only that, but the next episode is like, well, what does relationship look like and who should I be investing in? And when you look at, (laughs) when you look at Jesus, it's like, man, the cross proves his friendship. Yeah. You know, he was a friend of sinners. He was not only friend, but he was king. And I think a lot of the times we maybe Mm. are in a season of choosing one or the other. Jenny, I just had a thought I've never had. I know. I saw your body language on that. And I'm pausing for you to say the thought. I'm a nine now, guys. (laughs) Leveled up. Leveled up. (laughs) Everybody witnessed it. (sighs) And I'm so humble. What? (laughs) Sorry, I went around. I don't think this is coincidence. This morning... My kids were watching a little Bible study before school, and it was the Lego version of the Passion of the Christ. <laughs> Don't judge that. Don't judge it. Stay with me. I almost spit out my coffee. You did. Yeah. Feels right. No, but it, it was the scene that kind of made me stop what I was doing and look at the TV. And it, it was the scene where... Th- the thief on the cross next to Jesus said to the other one, hey, don't you clearly see who this is? He's done nothing wrong. He's not guilty. And Jesus looks at that guy on the cross next to him and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. And my thought, like I just had that memory when you were talking about what's coming up. And it, and you said the cross is his example of friendship to us. Is You realize that Jesus was making friends all the way up to the bitter end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like he literally didn't even stop doing it while he was on the cross. He looked at another person next to him and said, today, you're coming with me. Today. And this is a kind of aligning with Jesus that we need to do. You know, season one was really about shutting up shoulds. Season two, yeah. boldly, I'm going to say it, it's aligning our shoulds. And and what what do we see in the example of what Jesus is doing? And I, I've never had that thought, but he literally wow. befriended all the way until he left his mortal body. All the way. My goodness. I'd, I'd say it's important. Friendship's important. It's important. My word. Yeah. Well, listen, John 15 also tells us from his mouth, red letter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This was actually one of those that Jesus said in his teaching, verses 12 through 15, the ESV version. Can you read that for us, Jenny? Yes, I would love to. This is my command, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Mm. John 15, 12 through 15. That was the ESV version. You are my friends, he says. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard that growing up and I've actually um, 
I've loved that passage so much for different reasons. Um, Greater love is no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. I approach that verse with a very visceral memory. Um, I write about it just a little bit in Simple Joys, but I actually had some friends that were in a plane crash in college. And one of my friends didn't survive, not because he didn't survive the initial crash, but because he kept on going in and taking bodies out and taking people that were alive out. And when he went in the last time, he never came back out. And this verse was read at his funeral. Greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. And I got to see that. I got to see that in a very huge example. Um, I got to see somebody look like Jesus as a 20-year-old kid and give his life to the end for it. And um, I know that that seems like a very dramatic, (laughs) dramatic story. But honestly, this scripture has meant a lot to me so much so that I want to study it overtly and like in like kind of crazily just go seek out different ways that maybe are deeper levels. And there's a new uh, Bible translation out, the Passion Translation, and it's not fully developed yet. There's still not Old Testament and it's and it's loose. But I just I really want us to read how it says the same passage because I think it kind of points out some incredible things. Yeah, read this version. So this is my command. Love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. For the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. Hmm. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. You show that you are my intimate friends when you obey all that I command you. I've oh, n- pause. Yeah, yeah. Intimate, intimate friends. friends. Not just- we're inner circle people. Ooh, focus, focus. Slap that Jesus, out. Can you hear me? Oh, hello. Sorry, I was feeling it. Inner circle. You're my intimate friends when you obey all that I command. And by the way, if you're thinking obedience stinks and sucks, and I'm not here for it, just wait till next week when we have our special guest, and he uses this exact same verse and talks about imitation and what that means when we obey Jesus and what it looks like. So we didn't even plan that. He just brought up that verse. So be ready. Uh, But let's keep on reading. Jesus then says, I have never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants and servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my most intimate friends for I reveal to you everything that I've heard from my father. You know, The thing that I think if we are going to align with Jesus, our should of befriending is get off your freaking high horse. You're nobody's master. I love that he says, I don't treat you as somebody lower, but I confide in you. It's huge. I just love that Jesus flat out says, servants don't always understand what the master is doing, but I reveal to you everything that I've heard from my father. You know, friendship with an invisible God seems very, very weird and odd and and like, oh my goodness, how do I even be a friend to Jesus? Well, there's two trains of thoughts on this. And I know, Jenny, you've told me one that you did when you became a Christian because you didn't grow up in church. And so all of a sudden, Jesus became what to you as a friend? Oh, he! I had the shirt. Jesus is my homeboy. Like I would pray, and I'd be like, "Hey, I think I What's went up, through phase of calling him Big Daddy." Like oh, that, you didn't I have call him on. Big Daddy. I have regrets. I, I'm sorry, oh, Jesus. I love you. Um, it's okay. It's okay. That's free to know but, that. Though. But it was so radical for me to have Jesus as a friend. Oh yeah. That yeah. Um, sometimes I forgot him as King. So it was mm. this weird thing of learning how to understand him as both King and friend. This is what that passage is talking about. A master doesn't always confide in his servants. You know, I mean, like, here's the weird thing is that Jesus is master. 
He is Lord. Right. He is uh, the firstborn of all creation. Do you know what I mean? He is. He was before. He he is. He 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 was. He is to come. I mean, like there are things Alpha Omega that only belong to Him that we've got to remember in in just honest re- reverence. Reverence, yeah, you know? Hol- yeah, holy, like yes, he is holy. Yes, and I'm sitting here going, okay, you can't throw that out the door and just say, oh, me and Jesus friends. What's up, besties? Yeah, BFF tattoo, me and him. Like that's why now I'm cringing when I'm like, I used to call him Big Daddy. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Well, well, it loses, it loses. But you can't also be on the other side too, because he tells us, right? I call you my most intimate friends. So there's this beautiful juxtaposition that we hold when we become a friend of Jesus. It's beautiful. It's we get to be friends with somebody high up. Do you know that my little life has met people high up in the past four years and I'm still starstruck? I still find people and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But it's different than when I just know about them and I get to know them. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, that's what Jesus offers us in friendship. List your most famous person. List your most celebrity crush, the greatest ones you have, even if they're a girl crush or a man crush. And you're like, I just wish I knew them and we had lunch together. Like list that person and then imagine you have the most famous one that is accessible not only to you, but to befriend you and reveal everything that the father reveals to him. Mm. What? That's the friendship that he's offering. That's what he's saying. I'm inviting you into this. And not only just you, but like, look at his life example. Read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. If you've never read the Bible, I encourage you, open it up to those four Gospels and just highlight every single place that you see Jesus being friendly and being a friend. And see if you can't see how important this is to him and how Jesus befriends us always and has never stopped. I'm just thinking about the way he befriended people and like it it wasn't a gosh, it wasn't fake. Like he was casting mm. out demons. He was he was loving people proactively. He was caring about their kids. He was caring about the kids. Like yeah. I mean, all the different ways he was welcoming he was a friend. He was so welcoming. Oh, think about how many times he welcomed people. He welcomed the little children. He welcomed a prostitute to wipe off his feet with her hair and oil that was expensive. He welcomed in sinners. He welcomed in sinners that were Pharisees. <laughs> we like to we we like to put them in a different category and say, well, they were Pharisees. They were sinners too. FYI. He he welcomed yep. w- women to learn yeah. under him when that wasn't the norm. Like culturally, he was, yep. Yeah, he was the he was radical in the way he befriended people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet, I dare say this, and this is why it's so important that we talk about this. We live in a culture where when we say Jesus, guys, we took a huge risk. I'm not even going to lie to you. This second season, we've taken a huge risk putting Jesus in every single title of our show because we know the name that is above all names can be very divisive as well. And it can be um, a label that has been misaligned with the truth and reality of what the Bible says about him. So we just want to encourage you. Check out who he really is and who he says he is. And and really decide for yourself by what you're going to read and what you see of him. Because I'm telling you, if I want to align my shoulds with anybody or anything, 
this is one that I have to, I have to, it's, it's not a, should I, or it's, it, it turned into a must. I must align this in my life. I want to be a friend like he's a friend. And we hope that you do too. Hey, let's pray. So the past two weeks, we've been talking about friendships and what that can look like in our own individual lives and what it looks like in knowing Jesus. And we just want to encourage you the best way we know how we're going to, we want to pray for you. Uh, We want to pray over the ones that are feeling lonely and isolated. And we also want to pray, um, well, you know, however God leads us. So I'll start us off uh, popcorn prayer. And stop it. Would you just stop already? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, But really I'll start us. And then Candace, I'll hang up. I'll hang up. You you hang up. You dial. Let's posture. Let's stop it. I can't and even with this. To the good Lord above. The good Lord. I just okay, want to stop it all. Uh, oh, Lord, thank you for uh, refining me. Okay, <laughs> now I'm praying and repenting. God, thank you, though, seriously, for, um, I mean, gosh, we're all in process, right? So thank yeah. you for uh, so gently holding us, <laughs> our hands, in the middle of this process of life. So, God, I thank you for our listeners and this topic on friendship. It was it's been eye-opening for me just to discuss this the past two weeks, God. I thank you for my friendships you've given in my life and the ones that you're currently developing. And I just want to lift up the people that are listening and they actually feel isolated or lonely, Lord. Um, I pray you just highlight in their minds uh, specific people to reach out to and to develop habits of friendship with God. And if it ends up being one-sided, like happened to me, Lord, I just pray for grace and wisdom over them mm. and that they don't feel rejected, but that they see the forward momentum in what you're doing. And I just pray that the people you I, you highlight in their mind that they, they don't give up, but they persevere in the relationships they see your hand on and, and that are... Um, interested in developing a like-minded friendship, God. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thank you for the people that are feeling so alone, Lord. I just pray and ask that you remind them who you are. I just pray and ask that um, you begin to fill the void of feeling alone in their hearts, God. And I just pray you begin to surround them in community, whether it's through a local church or their neighborhood, God. And that the void they once had starts to dissipate and they just are overflowing with new relationships and friendships and that they um, begin to glorify you in the midst of all of that, God. And we thank you for transforming, transforming lives and hearts for you. You know, what? I'm just going to echo the words that Jenny said, but Father, I feel like this is such a simple prayer today for all of us. Just show us how to be a friend. Yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Shut the shit up, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. To share your should, call 315-308-0163. And you may be featured on an upcoming episode. If you've been inspired to stop shitting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.